how it sounded last week when those of us who had Chase Elliott plus 550 cashed in their bets when Elliott crossed the start-finish line to win the race at Watkins Glen just a week ago. Welcome to the Full Tank with Phil podcast. We're going to be talking about Michigan in just a second, but just to go back and discuss Watkins Glen for just a second, Chase I mean, there's no such thing as a sure thing in NASCAR in 2019. I mean, there are so many different things that could happen in a race, on a race weekend. But if you were paying attention, Chase dominated practice. He put the car on the pole to start the race at a place where track position is so key on the road course. He had one there a week before or a year before. So clearly he knew what he was doing. And really all he needed to do was go out, cross some T's, dot some I's, and he was going to go home with the checkered flag. And that's exactly what happened. And if you were looking at it from a gambling perspective, you noticed that there was some value there in Chase Elliott because he was not the favorite. He was the third favorite on the list on most sports books. Kyle Busch and Truex Jr. were well ahead of him. Going off at 550 with those numbers that he was putting up on the weekend, it really made you feel like it was a sure thing, and there's nothing better than when you feel like a goddamn genius. And Chase made you really feel like that if you were the one who put the ticket in last weekend. So on today's podcast, I mean, this is the first one we've ever done, so just to give you an idea of what we're going to be getting into here, we're going to be looking ahead to Michigan and talking about a few different ways that you can put in bets for the race this coming weekend and talk about the best value. So we're going to start with money line picks, the drivers we think are the best value for winning the race. Then, and we'll talk about that in detail, and then we're going to take a look at a couple drivers who I like for placing a bet money line to finish top 10. Then we'll move on to the head-to-head matchups. Uh, Those are always fun to look at and and maybe even put a parlay in on those. And I'm going to try to wrap up each episode with something that I'd like to see as a NASCAR gambler, things that maybe I think the sports books should jump on and, you know, add to their options or maybe something I think NASCAR should do. So that's going to be the schedule, I guess you could call it. So let's look ahead to Michigan. We're talking about uh, Chase being a sure thing, and um, I've been doing well betting on NASCAR these past couple months because I'm looking at the lines when they come out, and the way I see it, when you're looking at money line for the win, you have two options. One is you find a driver that you really like based on how they're driving and the way things are shaking out, and you put a lot of money on that one guy. Or 
you go the other route and you, you, you spread it out a little bit. You sprinkle it in on many different drivers so that way you know you have multiple dogs in the fight to, and maybe you spend a little bit less money on each one, but at the end of the day, you're spending the same amount of money. These past couple months, the books have had Kyle Busch and Truex Jr. as the, the favorites, and the value just isn't there. They've had Kyle Busch as the favorite, seems like, every week, right around plus 250. Now, if you're someone who's just getting into gambling, maybe, plus 250 means that if I bet $100 on Kyle Busch at plus 250, if he somehow wins, I'm going to win $250. And obviously, that math you know, trickles up or down depending on how much you bet. $100 is just an easy example. If you see something that we're going to talk about later where a driver is minus money, so minus 150 that means you're going to put up $100, but you're going to win less than that depending on uh, what the number is. So plus 250 to win, it's so hard to win a race in NASCAR that I think plus 250 is nowhere near good odds. So the past few months, I've been seeing that as the option. And I've been saying, you know what, I'm not going to bet favorites. I'm going to maybe go further down the line and just sprinkle it all out. And it's actually been working out for me because Kyle obviously hasn't won in like eight races or so, uh, Truex either. And the books aren't adjusting to it. It seems like every weekend they're just not adjusting. They're keeping the same guys up top. And I'm saying, screw it, I'm going to roll with it. And it's been working out for me because Denny Hamlin won at Pocono. Kurt Busch uh, had a big win, and that really worked out for me uh, against Kyle Busch. That was a great finish, and I was loving every second of it. So when you bet on these guys who are way down the list on money line options, you end up hitting for more money. Now, this weekend at Michigan, I may have to switch up my strategy because of a couple reasons. The first is that the sports books seem to have figured it out. They've taken Kyle Busch off of the top of the list, and they've put two people at the top, and it's the two guys who are starting on the front row. Brad Kozlowski and Kevin Harvick are both going off at plus 400 right now. Plus 400 still not the best value that I would hope for, but the other reason why I'm going to switch the strategy up most likely is because of what I'm seeing out of Kevin Harvick. He has been a lot like Chase Elliott was last weekend. He's qualified second, so he's on the front row, he has been practicing really well. In the first practice, it was qualifying trim. He finished sixth in practice, then put the car on the front row. Then the following practice, the next morning, he's first. And the third practice, he's fifth. So he's got a fast car. And the drivers are all talking about how track position it means a lot at Michigan. They're throwing that substance down. I think it's like PJ1 or PJ2 or something like that, where they're trying to make a third groove on the racetrack, and from what I'm hearing, the drivers think that the substance is in the wrong spot, so there's still technically only two grooves right now, which is going to lend itself to the people who are up front. Track position, again, meaning a lot more than it would if there were three grooves. So it's going to be tougher to pass, and I'm liking what I see out of Kevin Harvick right now. So plus 400, to me, seems like decent value if I'm going to go all in on one guy. Looking at the other co-favorite, Brad Kozlowski, I'm trending away from him, actually. At the start of the week, he was at plus 800. Then he put the car on the pole, and they dropped the odds down to plus 400. So if you were able to get Brad at that higher number, maybe plus 800, I like it because of what we're saying about track position. But he hasn't had a decent weekend after 
the qualifying effort. Um, he's actually not practiced very well. So we'll see. Uh, I would probably bet on Kevin Harvick and hold off on Brad Kozlowski if I'm looking at the two favorites. Then the third guy on the list is Kyle Busch at plus 600. This is the best value I've seen for Kyle Busch in a long time, and I still think I'm going to hold off. He did not qualify very well. Practice has been kind of hit or miss, so I'm still going to hold off on Kyle Busch. Logano at plus 700, he won here earlier in the year. Penske, you know, I'm going to look hard at any Ford car, because of what happened in the spring, the first race, where apparently Fox broadcast coverage was talking all about how Ensel Ford, this old guy for Ford, um, took all the Ford drivers out and said, "You need to somebody here needs to win the race." And, and Logano did do that. I'm assuming the pressure is back on the Ford camp again. So anybody driving a, a Ford, I'm going to look harder at. Logano, though, I'm. I'm I got a thing, and we're going to talk about it when we get to, to Elliot here, uh, but I got a thing about people kind of repeating. Um, so I don't think he's going to sweep the Michigan races, so I'll probably hold off on him as well. Then you have Truex at plus 750. Still, I, I don't like what I'm seeing out of him overall this weekend, so I'm going to save my money. And this is, again, if if I'm going all in on one driver, it's going to be Harvick, but now we're talking about sprinkling out a little bit. Chase Elliott at plus 12. 100 is someone that my head tells me that I think is a, a good bet to, to put money on. It's a good value of a driver who is obviously hot. And looking at the stats, he has the highest finishing average out of every driver at Michigan, which is surprising to me. Um, in 10 races, he's averaging finishing position of just over seven, which is really, really impressive considering he finished like 17th in the spring, um, which is going to bring that average down. So that makes you look at Elliott. But I have a thing in my head where I'm not going to bet on back-to-back winners. Uh, And that's a gut thing. So I don't know what's going to win out, my head or my gut. Most likely, it's going to be my gut. It's just so hard to win back-to-back in NASCAR at this level. So for those reasons, I think I'm out on Chase Elliott this week. But Moving down the list, there are some other really good options for you, one of which is Kyle Larson. He has won two of the last three second Michigan races, Um, so the August race at Michigan. Kyle Larson seems to dominate. Um, I would probably throw some cash on Kyle Larson. He has had a lot going on this week, though. For any racing fans out there, you may know about the Knoxville Nationals, which is a major event for sprint cars out there. Kyle Larson loves to race sprint cars and it's the biggest it's like basically the super bowl for sprint cars the winner of that gets a million dollars larson is pretty much in it every year i don't think he's won it yet i I could be wrong but he was really looking forward to competing in that and from my understanding things didn't go well and it seems like if he were to race in the knoxville nationals uh, on Saturday, he would have to do a lot of scheduling with like planes and getting to the Iowa racetrack and then back to Michigan on Sunday for the race. Uh, and his qualifying effort or whatever, he, in the past, I think he's been in the last race just automatically. If he were to uh, do that on Saturday in the sprint cars, he would have to race in a bunch of the other qualifying races, which is a you know a little bit more taxing. So 
I think where we stand right now is that Kyle has decided not to do it. Um, I don't know if that was his decision or just logistics, but things could change. I I don't know. Uh, So my point is, if you're going to bet on Kyle Larson, you either love the fact that he didn't get a chance to race in Knoxville and he's got all that pent up energy that he's just going to come out and you know blow the doors off or that is you could think of it the flip side his head is elsewhere and he's not really worried about the sprint cup race uh, in the Monster Energy Cup series for NASCAR he's more worried about something else I'm choosing to think that Kyle is going to harness all of this energy and go out and do well on Sunday at Michigan. So I would put some money on Kyle at plus 1800 behind him. I'm looking at Ryan Blaney. When is the shoe going to drop with Ryan Blaney? He's plus 2000. It seems like he's plus 2000 every single week. That's phenomenal value for a guy who is thirsty for a win. He's well within the playoffs and he's racing on a team, team Penske who performs well. They, they were killing it earlier in the year. Penske won this race before earlier this year in Michigan uh, with Joey Logano. So he's got all the tools there. He's been well at practice this week, uh, racing very well. So he is someone that I think is, you know, if you're sprinkling, if you're taking that, you know, spreading it out approach, I'd throw some money on Blaney. I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, Some other guys here. Now, this is a name that I think could really jump up, and that's Eric Jones. I've been on Eric Jones for a little while now. He has been very fast, and he had a phenomenal third practice. He led uh, five-lap average and ten-lap average, so that tells you that he's got a fast race car. And um, he's just been putting out good finishes for the past, like, five races, So he's someone who's a little bit on the hot seat, you could say. He's the only Joe Gibbs driver that doesn't have a win. They've got Christopher Bell in the minor leagues and Xfinity kind of chomping at the bit, trying to get a a cup ride. And he's looking around saying, you know, I may be the odd man out here uh, if I don't perform. So he's desperate for a win. And for his value to be plus 2,200, that's pretty good. I mean, why not throw it on him? He's starting 16th, which, you know, mid-pack pretty much um, you're going to need some some help to get up to the front but I think it could be done I would throw some money on Eric Jones and uh, you got some other guys in here Kurt Busch he finished second here in the spring race you know he's plus what is this plus 2500 I mean at this point you're really looking at just large numbers for solid race car drivers so my theory at this point is really like why not you know He's plus 2,500, throw something on him. William Byron starting in the top five. Now, I don't know, actually. I might talk myself out of William Byron because he qualifies well, it seems like, every single week. And I get myself like, well, maybe this will be the week for Byron. He's got Chad Kness. I I run through the same bullshit with him every single week where I'm, I'm trying to convince myself on William Byron. Chad Knauss is his crew chief, qualified really well, looks good in practice, and then something happens on race day every single week. Um... And this is just another one of those weeks. And you know what? Talking this out loud, I'm laying off William Byron um, for another week. I I need to see this play out. He needs to actually prove something before I'm going to throw some actual money on him. Then the last guy that I'll mention here for the win is Daniel Suarez. Uh, He is plus 4,000, which is just an absurd number. I mean, this is obviously 
according to the the book, somebody who's not going to win. So why not throw, I mean, even like a couple dollars down, you're going to walk away with something, uh, a little bit of value. You throw a dollar on him, you're walking away with 40 bucks if he were to win that race. He raced well there in the spring. He, let's take a look at where he qualified, actually. Suarez qualified 11th, and he's been practicing kind of hit or miss we're, we're so far down the list that I'm saying I'm throwing something on him just in case. He's another guy who's just thirsty for a win. Stuart Haas in general, um, you know, other than Harvick, has been dismal this year. So it's really tough to actually put money on them. But why not at plus 4,000? Somebody that I skipped over that, you know, while we're on Stuart Haas is Clint Boyer. He's plus 2,000. I'm considering him a lot like Ryan Blaney. I typically hate betting on Clint Boyer. I don't know why, uh, but plus 2,000, he's having a good weekend. He's starting fifth. He's practicing well. So at plus 2,000, what the hell? I'm throwing something on him if I'm sprinkling it out. So those are the money line picks. I'm throwing a lot of names at you, a lot of numbers, but walking through that, I'm trying to find the best value, and I think we've done that. I, I think um, you're either going to bet hard on Kevin Harvick or you're going to throw some money on those names that we called out. So then we're going to switch it up and let's talk about top 10 drivers. When I'm looking at top 10, you have, I mean, this is where you're going to talk to people and they're going to say, oh, Kyle Busch, that is a lock to finish in the top 10. And you're right most of the time, but when you look at what that's going to cost you, he's minus 360 to finish in the top 10. That value is not great. I mean, if you're going to throw $100 on that, you know, you're only going to make 28 bucks. That's not good value. You know, you'll walk away with 128 for betting 100. Not something that I'm interested in. So when I'm looking at the top 10 guys, you could throw some money out there and yeah, maybe you make a, a, a chunk of change like that. But it's NASCAR. Kyle Busch could blow a tire and go headfirst into the wall. And then just like that, your sure thing is down the drain. So what I like to do is keep scrolling all the way to where the money line gets to right around even. And that's right around the Eric Jones number. And we already talked about how I liked him to, to possibly shock everyone and win the race. He's minus 10 to finish in the top 10. I like that. I, I would throw something on him. But then there's some other guys in here, uh, like a Suarez, uh, plus 125, not bad. Now let's talk about Two guys specifically that I want to call out. Paul Menard. I have never once placed a bet on Paul Menard in my entire life. But I think I'm going to do it this weekend because he's plus 300 to finish in the top 10. So you're making money. And he's been right around that number, that top 10 area. I mean, he's been running well this weekend is what I'm trying to say. And he qualified ninth. Then if you look at his numbers at Michigan lifetime, his average finish is right around 12th. So he's in that area, which is going to make that race so much fun for you as you're, you know, they're going to be all talking about the winner and maybe your winning pick, maybe you go all in on Harvick and he blows a tire. Then you still have Menard for something that's very doable. He could definitely finish in the top 10. And um, I'm, I'm talking myself really into it this week. I'm going to place my first ever bet on Paul Menard. The other guy that I like, and this is a little bit more of a pickle now, but coming into this week, I really liked Daniel Hemrick. He has been fast all weekend. Now, he's plus 350 to finish in the top 10. That's a solid number as well. 
But the problem you're running into now with Daniel Hemrick is they qualified seventh, which is a great number, but he had an illegal carburetor or something, and he's starting at the back of the pack. So we did say that track position was a big deal, according to the drivers coming into this race. Uh, The drivers in the garage are talking about it a lot. But I think this is a little bit different than someone who went out, had a fast race car in practice, and then qualified 27th. I think this is a bit different. He's going to be way faster than those guys in the back. And I think he's going to get, I mean, when they show that stat like biggest movers early on, he's going to be one of them. Him and Austin Dillon both had the same thing. So the same uh, RCR clearly ran into an issue during qualifying where both their cars were deemed uh, to have illegal times. So I'm going to go with Daniel Hemrick anyway. I think he's going to be able to make his way up through the field. You know, you get those stages, um, gives him a chance to reset and keep, you know, knocking down pins. And Daniel Hemrick in that eight car at plus 350, I think that's a good number to shoot for, for the top 10 number. And that's how we'll finish the top 10 segment. So that'll lead us to most people's favorite way to bet on NASCAR, and that's driver versus driver. I could tell you that when people who usually bet on sports on a regular basis, when they find out that you're able to bet driver versus driver, they are super intrigued, and they have every reason to be. I would say it's the most fun that I have betting on NASCAR. Uh, this year, I've had some really fun times. The thing is, when you're doing driver versus driver, it doesn't matter how they finish the race. They could blow a tire, but if the guy they're going up against has something happen to them, now you're back. You're right back in it. So you're cheering almost more for the guy that you're racing to do bad than you are for your guy to do well. I remember earlier this year during the Coke 600, we had a, my cousin and I had a bunch of bets in, and for whatever reason, this stands out the most. We had like Kurt Busch versus Eric Jones, I believe, and Jones wrecks. And they say, oh, caution, caution, caution. And as soon as that camera hit the 20 car, like fully wrecked, we sprung out of our seats and started high five and cheering really loud. Like that is what the driver versus driver bets are all about. Just gets you all fired up. Now, looking at the list for Michigan, I would say that there is a notable absence and that, so the thing is, you can only bet on the options that they give you, which they definitely need to expand on these. But coming out of Watkins Glen, we had Jimmy Johnson and Ryan Blaney pissed at each other. It's really Jimmy Johnson pissed at Blaney because of uh, Blaney spinning him out in one of the turns. Johnson complaining, they yelled at each other. He yelled at Blaney after the race. He was talking to the media about how. Blaney's a coward, pretty much. Blaney kind of taking it all in stride, saying, hey, like I don't think I did anything wrong, really. Uh, and then when they got to Michigan, the media was asking both of them about it, and Johnson said, I'm still waiting for an apology. Blaney saying, I have nothing to apologize for. I love that, you know, creating some drama. And when I click into the you know, prop bets here, driver versus driver, I need that like I need blood through my veins. I need to be able to take one of these guys. And to be honest, I'm going Blaney because Johnson is in the wrong, in my opinion. I mean, you could go either way. If you're a huge Johnson fan, you may, you know, decide that um, you disagree with me. But I think that Blaney is going to come out and make Johnson look like a fool here at Michigan. So I'm shocked that they don't have this as an option. I'm, I'm very upset. But let's look at some of the things that they do have. One notable thing that stands out to me right away, 
Kyle Busch versus Martin Truex Jr. Now, I'm looking at these uh, odds right now on the DraftKings app, and the cool thing about DraftKings is you can actually analyze driver versus driver. So Truex and Busch, so far this year, head-to-head, they're 11-11. and They've split. 22 races, they've split, which is very cool. I think in this race, so... Uh, Bush is minus 125 and Truex is minus 106. I'm going to go with Kyle Bush on this one. I think Bush is going to outrun Truex this weekend. This is probably the only thing I'll bet on Kyle Bush here at Michigan this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle to beat Truex on Sunday. Now, scrolling through, they have a lot of people versus Kyle Bush. I mean, he's a popular driver to, to take. Um, I mentioned this matchup earlier, and I'm going to have to stick to my, my word here. Harvick versus Kozlowski. They both have the same exact odds, minus 115. It's dead even. Uh, I'm going to go with Harvick over Kozlowski here and and put my money where my mouth was when I was talking about them winning the race earlier. To me, if I'm, you know, following everything that I said, it's a no-brainer to go with Harvick, uh, especially when the odds are even like this. So I'll probably take him as well. Looking at some of the other intriguing matchups, Kyle Larson versus Kurt Busch. They are both even as well. They're both minus 115. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson here. Again, I was saying how you could probably take him to win the race earlier. I mentioned Kurt Busch. He finished well earlier this season at Michigan, but I'm going to say that Kyle's going to outrun him. Now, uh, Kyle is not starting from a great position. He's starting 17th, which... Not a great place to be, you know, when you're starting out. Uh, but Kurt's only in 13th, so he's only a couple spots ahead of him. I'm going to go with Kyle there. Again, same odds, minus 115. Look at some of these other drivers. They always have this. I don't know why. Every week they always have Bauman versus Byron. And they're dead even as well, minus 115 for each of them. I'm going to go with Bauman here. Uh he had a decent third practice, if I'm not mistaken. So going off of what we're saying about Byron, the fact that I think he has he's, – he's more of a practice player. You hear that in, in sports, uh, you know, the other sports, basketball, football, hockey. These tryhards who, you know, work their asses off all practice, trying to impress the coach, doing everything extra all week in practice just to get in the game, and then in the game they don't do shit – That's William Byron at this point. Now, Alex Bowman, he's won a race. He's proven that he can get it done, and he's been fast. So, I mean, they've both been fast. You can make that argument about both of them, but I'm going to say I'm going to go with Alex Bowman here, uh, minus 115. And then someone else uh, just to – I mean, this is a really good matchup. Clint Boyer versus Ryan Blaney. They're also minus 115 for each of them. That's a tough one. I mean – I don't. I, I might lay off that one. It's it's too too tough to call at this point. Uh, and then Boyer actually has another one against Eric Jones. Boyer in this one is the favorite minus one twenty five versus Jones uh, minus one hundred six. I might throw Jones in there and uh, you know just cheer against Boyer. So actually, yeah, I am going to do that. Eric Jones, kind of putting my money where my mouth is there as well. So those are some of the, the head-to-head matchups that I like. There are some other ones in here that are a little less even than the ones that I've been calling out. Uh, Kozlowski minus 155 to Logano plus 
plus 115. If you're looking for value there, throw some money there on Logano, the guy who won here earlier in the year, and just hope that Kozlowski runs into some trouble. Uh, same thing with Kyle Larson, who's plus 110 versus Chase Elliott. You know, you throw some cash on the underdog and just hope that the favorite has a problem. When you're talking about those head-to-head matchups, I mean, you're, you're pretty much especially because we were calling out the ones that were relatively even. I mean, you're going to throw whatever your amount of money is on it. Uh, let's call it 20 bucks, and uh, you're pretty much going to win that same amount. Now, one thing that I like to do is group up some of those bets and throw them into a parlay. And a parlay means that you're going to throw multiple bets together. You're going to bet one amount for everything to go your way. And uh, your odds of winning are a lot steeper, but the payout is greater. And sometimes that's just really fun to do. You got some extra cash at the end of the day when you're placing your bets. It's fun to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see if anything sticks. So if I were to take those bets that I've called out and throw them all into a parlay, uh, so it would be Kyle Busch beating Truex, Harvick beating Kozlowski, Larson beating Bush, and Alex Bowman beating Byron. Throw ten bucks on that. I'm going to walk away with just about 120 dollars, which that's pretty solid. And if you believe in your bets, then why not? So I'm into the parlays. A lot of times, what I like to do is actually when I find the head-to-head matchups that I like to bet on, I'll actually put those bets in and then find some of the other ones that I didn't and just throw them all into a pile and you know put a dollar amount on it and see what the hell happens. So, um, but. That's a solid parlay, I think. So if you want to take my advice and, and do a four-driver parlay, um, it's risky, but you know could pay off for you. The last prop bet that I'll mention today is something that I sort of talked about earlier when we were talking about the Ford camp having a lot of pressure on them performing well this weekend, and that is the ability to bet on the manufacturer of the winning car. And for the first time in a while, I mean, I usually see that the odds here are, you know, plus something. I I rarely see any manufacturer have minus money on the money line, but Ford is minus 112 right now. So clearly the favorite, they're clearly factoring in everything that, you know, the Ford camp has on their shoulders right now. And I still would take Ford. Even though Toyota's plus 225 and Chevy's plus 300, I'm still going to go Ford just because I feel like they are going to get the job done. Every single person that has the Blue Oval on their vehicle just has everything ramped up even further for them. So I'm, I would take Ford minus 112. I don't think that's that bad of a job. So with that, we'll start to transition into the last segment of the podcast, and that's talking about ways that we could make gambling on NASCAR better. And I'm going to try to, you know, I mean, this could technically sound like I'm complaining. I'm not. Um, I'm going to start with an easy one on this podcast and just talk about live betting. Live betting is the way of the future. Basically, every sport has it. And it doesn't make sense that NASCAR doesn't have that. The sports books need to get on it. If you've got a guy that you're betting on, so say you're going all in on Harvick this weekend and he wrecks in the first stage, you're going to want something else to throw some money on to keep the race interesting for you because your guy just wrecked. 
Uh, and, and maybe he's your favorite guy to boot. You know, it makes it even worse. So you're going to want to do something. You've invested into the race. You want to try to get back to even. I think it makes total sense for live betting to find its way over to the NASCAR side of things. If you're watching a baseball game and you bet the Phillies and they're losing 5 nothing in the fifth, there are a ton of options out there for you to bet on something in that game to try to win your money back. It doesn't make sense that NASCAR doesn't have that at the moment. So it's an obvious one. Every book seems to have live betting at this point, and I would imagine that that's going to be one of the, the first things that starts to change when it comes to NASCAR as these books start to grow and get more customers and they get more competition, I think somebody's going to venture down that path. And uh, it's only going to benefit people like us who are gambling on this sport. So that's going to do it for the first ever episode of Full Tank with Phil. Good luck this weekend. You're not going to need it. Trust me, you know, place those bets with confidence. And we will be back next week to talk about the Bristol Night Race. Good luck. And remember, you can't win if you don't play. We'll see you next time. Oh.